Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today you're listening to myself, Mark Hirons, and Adam Martin, the host of the Makers of Sport Podcast. On the show today we talk about the sports industry, creatives and sports, Adam's podcast and esports and computer sports, how it is changing the actual world of sports. I found this episode really, really interesting. I hope you do too. And it's slightly a different one from our usual design-focused episodes. This show is brought to you by Awesome Merchandise. Having just expanded over to the US, Awesome Merchandise bring you great customised goodies. There's a link down to them in the description below. If you want to help out the show, share it around on social media, take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories, tagging at Creative Waffle. Alternatively, you can grab a ticket to our live event on the 15th of November 2019. That will be in London, and there are only £5 a ticket for a great night's show. We've got speakers such as Tom Ross, Ian Barnard, and Dixon Baxi. Really hope to see you there. It's going to be one of the biggest events of my life. Tickets are only £5 as well. So, see you then. That is the Creative Waffle Speakers Night, down in the description of the tickets. Thanks very much. Let's get into the podcast. Okay, welcome to the podcast. This started. Yeah, nice. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Could we start off with who you are and uh, what you do? Yeah, so, excuse me. Um, My name uh, is Adam Martin, and I am a graphic designer by trade. And then, uh, so I've been running my own studio for uh, 12, 13 years, somewhere in that range. Um, Started right after university. And... um, and then also, and probably uh, better known in as far as people that would listen to this show would be for a podcast that I have called Makers of Sport, which is essentially about, uh, it's an interview show where I talk to creatives working in the world of sport. Uh, and it could range from in-house designers to um, even entrepreneurs, like tech entrepreneurs uh, in the sports world. So anything that sort of uh, crosses, in, crosses into that threshold of creativity in the sports business. Nice, nice. Who, who have you most had? Uh, what's, the, what's the best guest? Uh, what's the best episode to listen to? If, you, if someone had to listen to one, um, it's tough at this point. I've had a hundred episodes now, so yeah, congratulations. Um, it, it's hard. It's hard to pick. Um, I would say, you know, it's funny. I'm gonna have to actually pull up the episodes, even <laughs> to even look at them because it's been yeah, so. I, it's there's been so many. I mean, there's there's great nuggets that you can take from a lot of them. Um. I would say, uh, well, I mean, honestly, it just depends on what you're into, right? Like if you're into sneakers, there's a couple guys that I've, I've interviewed that are into sneakers. Uh, this guy, Xavier Jones, he works for Reebok and he's actually recently, I talked to him recently and he just moved to, um, uh, over in Asia somewhere to, wow. to work for the company. And, uh, so he's, that's a good one. And he's, he's like, I think he was around 25 or 26. So he's kind of a younger dude. Um, I would say definitely um uh, if you're into the businessy side of things i i did interview chris doe so chris doe from the future he that's a little bit of a stretch to say that he's involved in sport <laughs> um just because he i i think i tried to tie it in with like the fact that his studio had worked with some sports brands or whatever but um he's more of a design a graphic design business type mm-hmm. person i would imagine most people listening to the, to your show would be uh graphic designers yeah maybe some uh you know, kit or uniform enthusiasts. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, there's, uh, it's hard to pick. I mean, because some of the ones that I think I would like that I personally like would be ones that as far as like the mass audience w- maybe wouldn't like just because um, 
they're people that are probably unknown as far as like the uh, grand sports design community is concerned, but they're more people that I've looked up to for years yeah. that, that actually kind of, it, it was more for me than for my guests. Um, I would say Ricardo Crespo episode 88. That's another one. He's, he speaks at um, um, major level connect or MLC connect, which is a big sports design conference over here in the States. Uh, John, John Costacos of the Costacos brothers was an interesting one. He, they were kind of the first like sports designers in a way. Like they created the, the crazy, like Bo Jackson posters of, I don't know how, how, uh, familiar in, uh, uh, in Europe, you guys will be with this, honestly, because these are just things when I was growing up, you would see these sports posters that were just, they were kind of, uh, they're real flashy. Like almost, I look back at them and it was almost like too, too flashy where they would have like. Uh, fire in the background and like explosions and snakes and like wow. just all kinds of crazy things and what was crazy about that is this was like pre-photoshop so they actually uh-huh. shot these athletes with um you know with this stuff in the background yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas today we would just mock that stuff up in there and, and it would be completely different but yeah i mean there's definitely a, a variety of people um if you're into baseball i've got plenty of baseball people if you're into um i've even got some golf people espn that type of thing freelancers so uh, again it's it's really hard for me to pick I have three kids so it's kind of like uh, saying it's the, the cliche the old cliche it's hard to choose one of your children <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. but hey if you want to get really serious start at episode one and and listen your way through absolutely they're not going to be as good in the beginning because I obviously got better over time like as with anything but that happens yeah is there a point where you notice that Okay, this is where it's sort because of, it was episode fifty for me on the Creative Waffle podcast where you've you've got um, a point where it just got a lot better. Like after a certain point, it just got okay. This is actually <laughs> like a decent question and period. Yes, I would say so. Um, I would say it was earlier for me than that, but it was mostly because I started to really kind of figure out how to uh, get my flow together on how I wanted yeah. to run the show. So you know, I would write out questions and and I would kind of write in the way that I would speak so that like I, a lot of times I'm actually um, I would say like 80% of the podcast, I'm actually reading my questions, but I have written them in a way that I would ask the question if I were speaking to the person, as opposed to like just a short, you know, um, tip to remind me. Sometimes I will throw in little like words and stuff uh, in my show outline to kind of flag something for me to, to bring up. But um I, as far as getting comfortable interviewing people, I would say it was, it was probably like maybe 15 episodes in or so. And then uh, at that point, I got so comfortable interviewing people that now, like I'll, if I get asked to do a panel or something, I, I'm like not nervous at all. Like I'll, I can get on stage and run the panel and I'll do my questions. I'll obviously prepare my questions the same way I would for a podcast, but um, it's just, beca- it's just so much easier for me now. But I have found that being a podcaster, has um i don't know if you've noticed this or not but it's done something to my brain where you start to think about things differently like right. even just like i've learned one thing i've learned is how to listen i used to not know i, I know I'm now that i used to not know how to listen i thought i knew how to listen but now that i've done 100 podcast episodes i definitely know how to listen yeah and 100%. a lot of times even if you think about um those sort of little little uh things that you do in conversation where someone's talking and you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 
yeah mm-hmm. like those type of things that's horrible in a podcast right yeah, yeah, it's- so- <clears throat> So it's coughing. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I would, uh, I would, I, I, so I would do that in the conversation to let the people know that I'm listening. And then I would go in and edit that, that part out for me. But now I've gotten better about not doing that at all. So when someone's speaking, like even in person, I'll try to give, I try to give like visual, visual cues that I'm listening and not do the, yeah, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, I'll, I might shake my head or whatever, but, um, and I notice those things a lot now, right? Like when you, cause once you listen to yourself, do this stuff you start to become very critical of just like speaking in general <laughs> so yeah, i've become very conscious of that as well i mean i'm going to be the rest of this episode you, i was gonna be silent <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah no no well and it's it's funny because um speaking is is not easy right like even even myself i still have those words where i'll say i tend to say like a lot and you'll even hear it in this in this show at the end of this i'll go back and listen to this and and, and start thinking why did you say that so much so i'm uh, i think it takes practice and you have to learn to be comfortable with silence which is very uncomfortable for most people right mm-hmm. so uh right now i'm in my head i'm trying to not say like and it is very hard not to because i'm being <laughs> conscious of it right now and uh and it's 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 tough it's very tough yeah that's those trigger words would, when you're editing podcasts you, you hear someone say uh like or, or um or mm-hmm. those sort of words those filler words and they, they get many like just so many of them or yeah. you know as well that, that's one that gets me <laughs> right and it's it's tough i mean you have to really it takes practice right that's what it is and i'm not per, i'm not good at it I'm literally after a hundred episodes in, I'm still not good at that. So I can only imagine that people that speak on stage, you know, they, they just have to, um, there I go. Right. Like, um, that's like the conscious, <laughs> subconscious thing. You just have to, you have to practice. Like, it's like anything you have to practice. And if you're not practicing, then you're not going to get better. It's like graphic design. If you're content, if you continue to make things, you're obviously going to get better over time. Now I do think that there are some natural abilities that come with being a creative person. I, th- I think that every person is creative. Uh, I think that we're all born creative. And if you think about children, they are creative. And then somehow over time, it kind of gets pushed away or becomes not cool to yep. be creative anymore. Um, but I do think that some people are probably more creative than others and definitely have at least an internal aesthetic that they can recognize nicely designed things or whatever. Cause you even see, I see some of my friends and some of the stuff that they buy or whatever. And I'm just like, that is, that is horrible. (laughs) Like why, why why would you want that thing? You know? So I think that we, we're all uh, products of our environment too. We learn from around us and, I'm from the American South, so everything I tend to like is very, uh, like, grungy sort of, like, te- I like a lot of textures and stuff like that because that's the sort of environment that I grew up in, right, like, in rural areas in, mm. in uh, Kentucky, in the, in the American South. So, um, whereas other people may like more clean design, like, you know, skyscraper type things, you know, that type of stuff. And that's just, that's not for me. I tend to gravitate more towards the grungy type thing. So I think that's where you, you are a product of your environment as well. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one that is, is when you're younger, uh, I think it, like you're right, it does get kicked out of you. Uh, yeah. Because otherwise everyone will be a designer. Everyone will be doing something really creative. Right. Which is a good and a bad thing that gets kicked out of you. I think more people, 
I think more people should try and keep it at certain levels. Um, not, I'm not saying everyone should have to be a designer or a creative or an artist, but you know, it's, it's good to um, make stuff and it's good to even just if we, even if you've got kids and you're, you're just building like playhouses out of know, boxes, so I don't know <laughs> if you're just making. Uh, I used to make football strips, like you know. Um, the word strip, I thought it was actually it's like a sash. I used to like make my own sashes out of uh, paper and just like color them in and draw little badges on them. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's how a lot of people get uh, get into sports design, right? Because they're they're drawing. Uh, when I was younger, I would draw sports logos yeah. on like my notebooks or whatever, and and also would make. I also just I enjoyed drawing in general uh, at that time. I now I can't draw at all now. I'm just I'm <laughs> quick sketches, go to the computer and and do my thing. I, I want to try to take some. I live fairly close to a university, and I think that they have some open like drawing sessions and stuff, like drawing still life and things like that. So I'm I'm I think I'm going to take some of those classes just to get back into it because my kids. Uh, I have two sons that are nine and seven so they're old enough to where you can do stuff like that with them and then the my i have a daughter that's getting ready to be one so she's obviously too young to be into any of that but um i watch their creativity it's interesting as a kid i like to view this second time around this creativity as from the kid's perspective because they are as i said inherently creative they come up they have huge imaginations they pretend to be superheroes they they do things that for some reason, adults, I don't know why we just kind of non create non designer adults, right. Or entrepreneurs tend to push all that out. And, and they, yeah. and they say, you hear all these people say, I'm not creative. I'm just not a creative person. And, but then if you, if, if you were to watch, I think if you were to observe them long enough, you would, you would be able to pick out something that they do that is creative. Right. And it's not going to be creative in the traditional sense where they're like making visual art or anything like that, but it's going to be a creative method that they created to do or that they came up with to do something. Mm. Right. Whether that's the, the, the way that they do their, uh, organize their kitchen or, you know, something like that, where it's like, Oh, well that, but that's a creative strategy you came up with. Right. Like you sort of solved the problem for yourself that works for you. So I think that's that whole thing where people say, um, in the Silicon Valley, it's real big in the tech world. They'll say, everybody's a designer, you know, <laughs> the programmers are designers and the, the entrepreneurs, the, the business people are designers. And I guess it's some way that's true. I feel like they're looking at design in a different way though. Um, whereas most graphic designers are going to be more arts and creative based, and, and we kind of tend to hold on to that. You're not a designer. You can't do, you can't do these things. <laughs> I think it's, it's a lot of petty things in the design world though. Like even when a brand new logo comes out, everyone just shoots it down straight away without even knowing the brief or anything. That's crazy. So, and honestly, that didn't happen. Um, I was, so I'm, I'm, 36 years old and I graduated from university in 2005 and so I was on the very beginning like Facebook had just come to universities and I signed up you know what is this thing back then you still had to read like public you know publications like uh, communication arts or yeah. any of these these graphic design publications to see any type of critique and um, we actually in one of my classes had to do it had to critique something or write about a, a critic and most people it was about like a fine arts critic, but I, I chose a graphic design critic. And so I studied, I, I had to study like the way that he, he presented his um, design criticism. And it was interesting to see 
and now we sort of live in this world where with social media, everybody has an opinion on everything. And I remember the, the first time that it was a really big deal, I feel like was when the, um, the clothing brand, the gap, I don't know if you remember. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't remember it coming out. You, you would have been, you would have been a lot younger then, but it's probably been, <laughs> you would have been like 11 years old. Um, so you wouldn't have been paying attention, but uh, they, they redesigned their logo. And I remember it was like this huge ordeal. And it was the first time that I remember seeing people that weren't designers that were talking about it. And, and I was like, this is weird, right? Mm-hmm. So just to see that happen with people that shouldn't care that much, <laughs> I guess. But now uh, designers have always had, uh, you know, issues with everybody thinks they can do something better. Right. Uh, yeah. but, here, but here's the thing. And, and one thing I try to get with, get, uh, get to on my show a lot when I bring on people that are creating these big brand identities for whether it be, be it college athletics over in the U S or major sports franchises is that it's, it's rarely, you're rarely ever to sit down and do what you want to do. Like when people redesign a logo and they throw it up on dribble and they're like, Oh, this is what it should have looked like. <laughs> and that's why I thought it was so interesting to see, when the Milwaukee Bucks came out with their identity, the firm that did it, uh, it's called Double Dan Cartwright. They actually posted their sketches. And I was going through the sketches and I was like, oh man, there's some stuff in here that's really good. So it's interesting to see the way that it turned out. And you have to imagine that it's something just got committed to death, right? Like there's yeah. just a committee in there and everybody wants to throw in their little piece to feel like they have a, own a piece of this thing. And it's unfortunate that that's the way it is. But the, you know, the reality is I don't ever see that changing. I just think when you have that many people in there and that much money involved, that there's always going to be people that are going to push. And, and, and honestly, I think there's also just a misconception uh, about designers. A lot of times, so we all tend to be like, oh, I want them to hire us for our expertise and all this stuff. And, and I totally get that. And I think that they should. But the problem is we don't ever position ourselves that way, right? It seems like we always position ourselves as like, here's a bunch of visual stuff. And it's like, oh, we just hire this person and they make the thing that we want that we can't make ourselves, Mm. right? Um, And that's how most designers position themselves. And so obviously the clients that you get are going to expect you to create, you are their illustrator hands, right? Like they want to sit behind you and say, move this here, move this here, click that, do these things, change this color. And and if that's the way you position yourself, I feel like those are the clients you're always going to get, right? I mean, that's just the reality. So- um, we, I think us as an industry, we have to re sort of brand, um, uh, and, 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 and listen, like I'm totally fine with people doing, I don't want to act like that. I hate people that recreate some sports logo that they hate. Right. Like I don't have a problem with that as just an exercise in general. What I have a problem with is when people come out and they say, this should be the one, right. Cause it's totally subjective mm. <laughs> and, um, and there was there were no stakeholders involved. You didn't have part of graphic design, in my opinion, is navigating those sort of po- office politics. It is, and, yeah. I mean, because if you're not doing that, then you're basically just a fine artist, right? Because art, art is about um, fine art is 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 you create something, and then if the other person likes it and interprets it in a certain way, or it speaks to that person, then they will then acquire that said thing whereas graphic design is there's a strategy involved somebody's trying to communicate some kind of message and you are trying to hit as many people as you can with with the understanding that not everyone is going to like what you're trying to do 
Um, yeah. So that's just the reality of this world that we live in. And, and I think now with this sort of democratization of design, which that's what Michael Beirut calls it from Pentagram, um, where, you know, things come out, you just have to, you have to, pu- I feel like now you have to push through that initial, like, because, uh, because the reality is it's like that in everything, anything that changes, right? Yeah. Like if a car company changes something within the car, well, think about this Apple yesterday, right? Like they came out yeah. with a bunch of new stuff and uh, you know, you now have to pay a hundred or a thousand dollars for a, a, a monitor stand. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> like what is going on with this company, man? It's like, seriously, I used, I love Apple. I still do, but I'm like very much kind of like veering on in that phase of, mm, you're getting really hard to continue liking when you're yeah. coming out with like $6,000 computers. They are indeed, yeah. There's a different luxury brand that they've always wanted, isn't it? Now it is definitely. Yeah. And it's like you're the richest company in the world, you know? Like, do you really have to create a $4,000 monitor that you have to pay an extra thousand for for the stand? And those, you know, um, but it's what I was, what I was kind of getting at to tie that all back in is that um, you're never going to please everyone with with your with your stuff but there are going to be those crazy 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 apple fans that are going to buy every single one of those things and and screw over the rest of us that really want them i used to be i used to be that guy i mean anything apple came out with i had to have it uh but over the years i've sort of lost a little bit of the uh that's good for your wallet that's good yeah yeah (laughs) i mean i still use all apple stuff i'm not like on pc or anything but um you know, it's, I, I'm not as much into watching every keynote and, oh, what are they coming out now? Let me get this new software. And, and well, that's the point where you just can't do that anymore. It's just because you just won't well, have any money left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, money-wise, for sure. I mean, it's it's expensive. And, and as fast as they upgrade, you know, I mean, um, it's it's hard to keep up with the way that technology changes. And they're, and they're trying to, um, you know, it's like, you know, even Samsung or whoever, they come out with new TVs every year. But, yeah. but, but we're never as passionate about buying the latest TV. I feel like most of the time it's like, let me, how, how much is that TV that's three or four years old? Oh, that's like $600 less. I'll take that one, you know? Yeah. But for some reason with Apple stuff, it's like, you got to have the newest thing. Is that, that's how it seems, especially with at least iPhones. You know, most people yeah, are. Yeah, they, they're going in and out so quickly, don't they? iPhones. Uh, they just each year turn it around, another phone. For sure. Um, but yeah, that, this, this, is, this is a really good point because there's nothing um, that sort of represents this of the change, hating change more than sports logos. And the mm-hmm. team comes out of a new sports logo, especially in England and, and European football, when yeah. you've got, like Juventus is always the perfect example for this. Oh, yeah. yeah I, remember. <laughs> I remember following that one and it being pretty big. But um, to be fair, I didn't pay much attention to them being from the United States. And when that came out, I started to look at the stuff and I was like, you know, I really like this design though. I, I think I like the way that they incorporated certain things, but I definitely understand the whole uh, you're used to the more traditional way of having a crest and, um, uh, and, and, or having something that you're just so used to. But I think if you, if you think about universities, especially in here in the U S when, when a lot of people go to a university, they want it to be the same way that it was when they were there. Like if I go back to the university I went to now the, uh, that I graduated from, the, all of the architectures, they're still the old things, but like 
the building that I lived in was torn down. There's like a new something here and a new something here. Right. And it's just, it's constantly evolving. And to me, when I go back, I don't feel a whole lot of nostalgia anymore because it just doesn't feel like the same place. I think that that is sort of a metaphor for like these sports logos, right? Where yeah. something changes. You remember watching that match with your grandfather, you know, when you were a kid and then it changes and now it just doesn't feel the same anymore. But, yeah. you know, to be fair, the talent on the field isn't the same e either. Even the style of play isn't the same, right? Like, all of that changes over time. So, it's just something that people have to get used to. But I think that that's why I love sports design so much because it just shows that people are so passionate about it. I mean, I don't think – we were talking about the gap earlier, but I don't I, – I think that was sort of an anomaly. Like, most people just comment because they wanted to say something, right, on Facebook, whereas sports, people are so extremely passionate about it. I mean, it's just so crazy. And I always talk about this book that I have. Um, actually, I think I got rid of it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's called, it's called, um, it's called Rammer Jammer Yellow Hammer, which is part is it's the uh, that is the cheer, the sort of the rally cry of uh, University of Alabama football. Okay. And it's been that way for many years. And this guy that went to an Ivy League school that grew up in Alabama wrote this book about how sports is one of those things that makes like two strangers hug each other. Right. Like that you, it's like, you have no clue who this person is. You hug each other. It'll also make people fight each other. Right. Like yeah. over something over people that they don't even know. Right. Like nobody knows who these people are, but it's like, you, you've got your flag as your yep. kid. Right. Or whatever. And, and it's like, uh, it's like a war. Right. Mm. Which is, it's crazy. If you all think, if you think about it, I mean, I have to feel like in, um, well, I guess that technically competition like that has been around since the beginning of, of sort of societies, because if you think about the Olympics and the Greeks and all that, but I was going to say that it, it's, you know, I feel like in 200 years, people will look at us and be like, wow, that's crazy that you guys <laughs> sort of rallied around a bunch of people you don't know. And that's an but who knows what sports are in 200 years right now. It seems like sports are esports. It's right? a bit like of a tribalism. Yeah, sorry, we'll definitely go into esports in a second, but yeah. like, it still feels like tribalism, um, where you've got they they are your family for that for that ninety minutes or for that that game. Like yeah. I was up at the um, I was up at Liverpool uh, Champions League victory parade um, yesterday mm -hmm. uh, as a recording. No, no, Sunday, Sunday, and um, yeah, seventy was it seven hundred fifty thousand people there for that, and, and just just everyone wear a sea of red. That's what it was. Yeah. It was incredible and yeah. smoke going off flares and just people on lampposts cheering as a bus went past fireworks yeah. now we do we we actually you're asking us what uh what what clubs that we support we do actually watch uh a little bit of liverpool because of uh virgil van dyke like, hey. <laughs> yeah he, my son plays uh the central defender so nice we sort of and i want and that's the thing like it's you can get stuck in that sort of um, you're just a, uh, a, in the back and you're stopping everybody, but he's more of an attacking center back. So I okay. like to watch him and, and try to sort of promote that to my son. Like, Hey, like, I know that your position is to stay back, but carry it, you know, when you have it, right. <laughs> like you're the boss. When you have the ball, you're the boss. You got to start singing the Virgil van Dyke song too. You got to get him. You know, I just up. like, I need to, I haven't even heard that. I need to look at that. I need to look that up. Cause it's Definitely. funny. I was actually, I was actually just now typed in his name. And like one of the first results was the Virgil van Dyke song. <laughs> so it's like 
it's funny because like we've, we've obviously like this weekend um he's been on liverpool so i've been supporting him but this mm-hmm. week it, tomorrow wednesday um in the nations league england are playing against the netherlands and he plays for the netherlands yeah so tomorrow is our enemy <laughs> right right i know man that's uh that's weird i, I think that that's uh I mean, that's something you guys have over there, obviously, with the with the Premier League um, yeah. and those internationals like that. It's not as obviously with the MLS over here, we don't have as as big of stars. I mean, we get the kids, we get the guys that are like at the end of their career, right? Like Wayne <laughs> yeah. Rooney came over and played for DC United, and then um, obviously Zlatan playing for. Yeah, he's quality. He's over here kicking squad as well. Amazing. Yeah. Like he's still going. <laughs> well, see, I, I they, people were talking about him being at the end of his career, and he still looks to me like he's. Yeah, in, still good good. Shape, in top form. Uh, I think Rooney probably was on the tail end of his career, but he's he's actually played really well for the MLS. But is this, <laughs> but is this shows like, the disparity the disparity of the talent over here versus. Yeah, that might be it though. The technical it? the technical skill from a young age growing up over there is going to be different over here. I mean, we still very much are focused on. I look at my son's team. They're still, it's still very much focused on winning as much as possible. So your strategies a lot of times will be based on that. And sometimes it's not so much based around development. Mm. Um, so, you know, like for example, for our team, we, te- we tended to always play the, the uh, old school, our coach, uh, his coach grew up in uh, the Tottenham youth system. Oh, wow. Well, they still tend to play the uh, old school long ball. Right. <laughs> And it's like, it's like, and, and it's like, man, you know, we're, we're getting, we're getting beat by teams that play possession style game. So, uh, you might want to change up the, uh, the tactical aspect of the game right now, but it's like, he's just so married to that style of play because he grew up in it. Right. I yeah. get it. I understand. That's another thing. It's like hard to change, you know, he needs to come over to manage Blackburn or like some team like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's fun. I mean, we grew up. I, 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 um, I played. I played soccer since I was like three years old. So I've always been somewhat of a soccer fan. So you still I, play? I, can, I no, no, uh, I don't. I coach now more than anything, and and do stuff like that. And then I manage our our his club soccer team. But um, I I grew up playing since I was like three, and then when I was. I don't know if you guys do. You guys go by like freshman and junior and senior and all that in uh, high school. It's more, okay. We do have years, but uh, but the we go by uh, for this podcast go by that age age. Um, okay, so yeah. <laughs> uh, in in the U.S. like when you're in your um your um, let's see ninth year of of um grade school, you are considered a freshman, and then the next year you're considered a sophomore then a junior, then a senior. And then that, your senior year is your last year of, of school. And then How old are you then? You're 17 or 18. And okay. then you move on to university or you just go into the workforce. Excuse yeah. me. So, um, so I played all the way up until uh, my freshman year. So I think I was probably 14. But that was in the U.S. at least. That was an era, which I actually disagree with this strategy now. But that was an era where people really pushed – specialization in one sport right so like if you want to be the best you know i don't know um baseball player you've got to play baseball year round right Right. and statistics have proven that um 
as far as physical development is concerned over here, playing sampling multiple things up until a certain age is actually very good, right? Because there's a lot of like ACL injuries yeah. over here in the yeah. U.S., especially with I think like there's a high percentage of women ACL injuries for some reason, um, and 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 also people that play one sport, right? So I think I think the reason why the the ACL tears there's a lot of ACL tears in women is because a, a lot of them that play soccer tend to only play soccer, yeah, as opposed to moving over and playing some a lot basketball. Of or, and and that's I mean some of that's going to come from opportunity, right? Like there may not be basketball teams or other opportunities for them in those cities. So that's obviously unfortunate. But it's the same thing for uh, the males too. If you play one year, if you only play soccer year round, then a lot of those kids are having ACL tears at an early age. And it's just because of the overuse of the, the same muscles or the same movements over and yeah. over, right? They need to switch up their training a little bit and not do so much um, of the technical work. I'm talking like I'm like in, you know, some <laughs> sports like, like I'm like I'm in the know in sports science, but this is just from what I've learned as a father that is coaching his son. So <laughs> obviously you need to have someone that's, that's uh, knows their, their way around that world a little bit. But uh, I, you know, but I think that that's something that can be tied to um, our field as well, because if you think about it, a lot of sports designers tend to specialize, right? you specialize in this one thing. And then what happens is you start to make things that look like everything else. And now don't get me wrong. I don't think, I think that um, there's something to be said for putting a bunch of like league logos on your, on your screen and then saying, does mine fit into that? Right? Like that's obviously important. I mean, you don't want to create something that's looks like a, a, a child's toy logo. Uh, right. Events has done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, see, they did. They went with the sort of one color, um, almost corporate identity. Yeah, it's more of a fashion yeah. brand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's it's been interesting to see like all the stuff that they sell because it almost seems like they are positioning it as a fashion brand with the way that they sell their their merchandise. Wasn't that one of their things when they created it? I thought I swear that was like part of the whole recreation. Like they're trying to. Yeah fit next to Ferrari and fit next to Omar. I think yeah I think I remember reading about that yeah and now it's funny that they've uh you know that they have Ronaldo because he obviously fits into that whole very well brand so maybe they knew they was gonna come to Juventus yeah I mean it all worked out it all worked out for them in the end Aaron Ramsey that's uh that's, that's why they created the new logo yeah <laughs> no it's um yeah it's uh it's, it's, it's crazy that the rebrand of Juventus. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, it was a very big deal. That was the first time, as a matter of fact, when I was running the Makers of Sport Twitter, that I just remember. Um, I think it got retweeted by, um, an Italian blog or something, and it was the first time that it became like, wow, man, like this is this is this is really an international ordeal because I started getting all this Italian, these Italian tweets. <laughs> coming yeah, at me yeah. and I couldn't read them and I was like I don't know man this is I'm gonna have to get a translator for all this stuff <laughs> but did you uh, see the did you see the uh what's it called the Bristol Rovers new logo possibly I'm gonna let me so it's that. a robin I think maybe I did see that let's see where's it? they haven't updated their uh Wikipedia yet apparently. oh Bristol Rovers it's a really clean sort of minimalistic robin I, may, I hope I got this right but it's Bristol Rovers Oh, Bristol City, sorry. Damn it. Oh, yeah. That one's, they're red, right? Are they red? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. I 
They haven't updated there. Well, I guess that's their crest. Oh, they didn't. They just the you might have look at a different one. Yeah. See, this is. I kind of like this. I mean, I don't particularly. Something about when when uh, when people use the roundel and then they and then there's like the serif or sans serif typography going around it and then the word city. Yeah. It just feels like a little bit like Manchester City. It just I know it doesn't look anything like it, but there's just it just feels. There are a few in that same league as well that are, are very similar: the red and the white, the black uh, roundels. Yeah. But um, that they they released a, a training shirt, I think it is, or jacket as well with um, with just the robin on. It looks oh, really, yeah. really smart. And uh, I, the actual mark, I do like. I do like that mark. But they don't need any text around it. They don't need this circle. They just need the robot. Yeah, they kind of threw some of those um, uh, design cliches at it a little bit with like the circle and then uh, going around and all that. And then I actually, if even if you are going to use a circle, personally, I would rather see 1894 with like the 18 on the left side and then the 94 on the right side in the circle. Like yeah, straight across. For some reason, that does feel like it's kind of stuck there. <laughs> I feel like that maybe uh, maybe that was a corporate person that said we got to have it in there, and there's I an empty so. space. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely an improvement, so it's not a bad thing. But uh, yeah. there's a so few. So do you? Things. Let me ask you this though, from a European perspective, sure. do you, would you do you wear? Um, I've always been okay with wearing merchandise from other teams. That if I if I if I if I, if I, if I, if I like the identity, right? But it, it can't be in the same. It can't be like a rival. So I would not wear. So my team, obviously, in college athletics, is the University of Kentucky, right? Kentucky Wildcats basketball, that type of thing. I would never wear the University of Tennessee stuff, right? Because okay. we just hate them. We hate them. But so I guess an example for you would be if you are, you know, if you're a Liverpool fan, would you wear anything out of like? Uh, another a completely another league another league yeah like so day or you know whatever oh yeah so yeah i or wear like a barcelona shirt yeah okay yeah yeah i wear a barcelona shirt juventus shirt for sure i would never wear this is tricky because i'm if, i'm probably the wrong person to ask i'm a i'm a swansea and liverpool fan so i'm a hard, I, I used when i was younger um i was a really really big liverpool fan until they won the champions league and yeah. when swansea got back into the league in 2011 is when i sort of stopped going for liverpool I was um I was more of a Swansea fan because my dad growing up I blame my dad for this and my dad growing up um in the seventies Liverpool were the best team so he supported mm-hmm. Liverpool but he grew up in Swansea and Swansea were nowhere near the top top flight in the seventies right. so um it was like a local team and a, and a big team so he supported two on completely different levels right and then ever since Swansea got back into the Premier League and they became a bigger club I've grown up supporting them as a bigger club see that is Liverpool. something that I didn't consider the whole promotion relegation thing because. Yeah. That, that like you know the um i could be a i don't know a chicago bulls fan or a new york knicks fan and never have to worry about the university of kentucky being yes exactly in yeah. the same league right because it's college athletics versus the nba yeah that's one thing that's throws us off here so uh if, if swansea were in the premier league which they were a couple of years ago um it's probably wrong of me to to like both clubs. So I, at at that point, I was just a Swansea fan pretty much, yeah. and I, I did stop. I obviously wanted Liverpool to win, but when the Swansea versus Liverpool, I wanted Swansea to win. Was well, Swansea the first uh, Premier League team to have a, a US coach? <laughs> Bob Bradley, yeah. <laughs> yeah good old Bob Bradley. Bradley. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was. It, what do I say about Bob Bradley? Don't get me started on his son. <laughs> What's happened with his son? 
Oh, his son is our holding midfielder for the United States national team. Oh. Drives, me, drives me nuts. Okay, okay. Yeah. But to answer your question, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's wrong. if someone's a Liverpool fan, they probably shouldn't be wearing Well, they definitely shouldn't be wearing a Manchester United or a City shirt or a Chelsea right. shirt, another right. team like that. Right. But they probably shouldn't be wearing another Premier League team shirt. Yeah. See, but what about what about the crossover of of um, you know when you get into the whole like UEFA thing with where you may have like an FCB playing? Yeah, then you don't you don't wear a if you're if you're if a Liverpool fan, you're, you're the only reason you've got a Barcelona shirt is because you want to wear it to training or it's a nice shirt. A lot of designers yeah. will have other teams' kits. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tits, but general football fans tend to. Oh yeah, yeah. That have... that was that was kind of what my my, my question aligns more with designers, just because okay. like I, I know that regular city people will not be wearing yeah. at all anything else. But from a graphic, we're design, uh, we're, we're more open. I think I think designers is create the creative side of football. They're more open to um to to the wearing of other kits and especially European. Right, right. Um, like I look at this Bristol city logo. <clears throat> like I look at the Bristol city logo and I immediately. I'm thinking, you know, I think I could wear that Robin. <laughs> I, I might want to put something. I, want, I might want to have something. With yeah, we're coming out of a Bristol City fan now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People over here will have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, think it's a, they'll think that's a youth club or something over here. Yeah. No, there's uh, – yeah, that's, so that's – I guess when, it's, when they're playing each other, like in Europe, they're going to be 100% Liverpool for that 90 minutes. Right. Um, and you'll always have favourites in different leagues. So there was always that thing when you were a kid, when um, it, I think in the playground, you always got asked, what's your favourite team from every single league? And you had to go yeah. through all the leagues. It's so like Germany, it would be uh, Bayern Munich. And then Italy, it would be oh, yeah, yeah. Or AC Milan. And, and then, you just, yeah. then you've also got, like, if Liverpool fans like AC Milan as well, you've got to think about the 2005 and 2007 Champions League finals mm-hmm. where they both played each other. And one team won and one the other time didn't. But... So yeah, it's just it's just games and rivalries, and it's interesting how it all works. Yeah. So my my kids, um, they have this thing that they call World Cup, and they <laughs> they they get in. Uh, <clears throat> they'll they'll take turns. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> they'll take turns being a keeper, and um, and then when you score, you have to. When you score, you now become the keeper, which to okay. me feels weird. It's like that feels like I feel like being a keeper is like a punishment, right? Like you should yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you should stay the keeper until yeah, like, it's like headers and bodies. Score, you reverse. become the keeper, right? Yeah. But the, but but as they do it, they have to call out a team, oh. like a, like a, like a national team, oh. and so they're learning. Like, and I don't know where they got this or how they came up with this or if it came on the playground or what, but they're learning or if maybe somebody saw it on YouTube and decided to do it. That's another thing that sort of influences kids, obviously. Um, but they, they'll, they can name off a lot of clubs that you wouldn't think they would be able to just because of doing that, right? Because you don't want to be the one guy that gets up there and says the same club like three times in a row. <laughs> so can, do you have to name different clubs each time? Yes, you're supposed uh-huh. to. I think sometimes they forget though, because there'd be like ten kids doing it, and then when the one kid says it twice, they just don't remember what he said the last time. <laughs> I reckon I'd be good at this game. I could, I could, <laughs> the scoring bit, I probably wouldn't be that good at, but I reckon the name of the club's bit would be fine at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, the thing is, if you score, you have to go play keeper. So that maybe you don't want to score in that one. Maybe you just want to send everything to the crossbar. Have you heard of headers and volleys? Uh, it seems like I have, but explain okay. it to me. So you've got headers and volleys, which is um, obviously you have to score a header or a volley. And if you don't or you, or you miss, you go and go. 
So I thought it was like a reverse version. Did of somebody that. serve it to you? Um, the keeper, yeah, keeper throws it out. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, you mean the volley? Yeah. Right, so, yeah, yeah. um, other other people, uh, outfield players will will do it. Yeah, there's only only about five people playing at a time. Yeah, and it's just around one goal. But <laughs> when I played yeah. high school soccer, we had a thing where we took the we would we would take the two big goals and we put them very close to each other, like maybe <laughs> maybe ten yards apart. Right. And then the only way you could score was through headers. So somebody would send it up into the air and like each team's trying to. That's a good idea. Yeah. There were broken noses and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> from that, it was pretty brutal. Our coach, our assistant coach actually broke his nose because he used to play. And he, he got a broken nose from two guys going up in the air <laughs> trying to head one. I think yeah. it would be better if it was a smaller goal because it is a little bit easier. Like it's dead. The ball is dead once it hits you know, the ground. Yeah. So oh, it yeah, has yeah. to be, yeah. It's like volleyball, but. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Wow. And you'd have, somebody would have to go serve, uh, serve it up. Damn. It was fun. It's <laughs> well, the most well, soccer I've ever talked on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever talks soccer. Not many people talk. Yeah, I'm always up for talking about football and soccer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Esports though, like you are saying before, and on your last podcast as well, you talked a bit about it. That's crazy. I think you've got teams, um, creating our own own esports teams now. Like all, pretty much all the Premier League teams have their own esports team, and it's got competitions. You've got FIFA World, FIFA E World Cup. You've got the uh, the Champions League, which is strange to me because it's it's not just European teams. <laughs> like yeah, New York well, City won MLS. it. MLS just had. They have what's called the E MLS, and they just had their um their thing on. Uh, Who won that? Uh, I don't know who won it, but um, it was it was uh, it was on Twitch. That's what I was trying to think of. So they they uh, they had their matches on Twitch, which I assume most of them have their matches on Twitch, just because it's such the, it's the platform for yeah. game, you know streaming games. Uh, but it is fascinating to to uh, I I do find that my own kids like watch a lot of people playing video games. Weird, and to me it is very weird it is very weird and they'll even watch people they'll watch people playing Fortnite, and we have Fortnite, and they play Fortnite. and i'm like why are you watching i can understand if you're playing something and there's like this one move you want to learn or there's there's this you know uh, what if the guy's funny like if, if, if you're watching someone and he's making jokes and stuff that's the only reason why I can yeah 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 watching. yeah yeah so do you watch a lot of people gaming i you're sort I, of in that demographic a little bit <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm on the end of that. I'm on the end of that demographic. Uh, for th- I reckon it's probably I don't know six-year-olds to maybe eighteen, nineteen-year-olds. I reckon after that you're probably out of it. But, uh, is is there a is there an epidemic of people not playing sport like physical sport in over there? Yeah, not that I know of. They, they probably will be. I know people that do over more. here. Over here, it's it's like numbers are down on ah. on, on youth sport in general and i think there's the u.s there's a lot of contributing factors one is crazy parents right that just think their kid can be a pro and they push the coaches and it's just it's just nuts and you can't get people to referee games it's harder to get people to referee games because of but it's it's a i think it's like a it's a serious offense over here to assault a ref yeah yeah yeah. um but you know just the verbal abuse i think is is a little bit crazy and over and another thing it's like it's about winning right it's win 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 at all costs and there's like i said man there's development aspects that are 
I'm a very competitive person. I want to win too, right? But at the same time, I don't know if I necessarily agree with let's give the ball to the fastest kid and hope that he can like go score every time he touches it, right? <laughs> like, it, nobody, it nobody else is learning anything. Yeah, I mean, it definitely depends what age group, I think. You're a nine-year-old. I don't think that should be the case. I think maybe you should be yeah. thinking about progressing everyone equally. So I right. think my dad was the manager, coach when I was younger. And I think that hindered me a lot, <laughs> like being substitute quite a lot. And I probably wasn't the best player, but if I'd had that more attention or had that more more training, then I, you know, I might progress differently. So. Oh, yeah. I don't know. But we'll see. So he was he was looking at the team as a whole versus. Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to play your best players, but at certain age groups, I think, yeah, you need to try and push other people as well. Yeah. Well, you definitely can't um, can't uh, progress, in my opinion, if you don't get the reps, right? Like if you're yeah. not getting if you're not getting to play, um, like in our particular scenario, my son, he loves, he does love playing defense. I will say he, he actually told me he would rather stop someone and score a goal. So I'm like, well, maybe you are a defender That's like, good. just through and through like one of those old school defenders, right? Like you, you, you came out here to play defense, but, um, <laughs> most kids obviously want to play midfield. <laughs> it seems like they get on the ball. Uh, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then you get some of those kids that want to play striker, but in my opinion, like that, that just wouldn't be a very fun position. I told my son, I was like, you know, playing your position and playing striker are going to be like some of the, like some of the worst in the end, because if you play a team that's, if our team's very good offensively, you're not going to have a whole lot of action. Like you might get a drop here and there and get to switch it out the other side, but you're not going to get, you're not going to get the fun stuff. Um, And obviously with the, with the uh, attacking player, the you know striker on the other side, if the other team is just so good offensively, <laughs> you're just going to be standing back there, you know, praying that something comes up. Yeah. So it's crazy that with esports, you can be the whole team. Like, <laughs> I know that sport. is a little weird. Like, I almost wonder. Uh, the one thing I don't, I don't know for sure how it works as far as like the esports drafts and stuff and how they pick up these players because it seems like are you playing with the guys? I mean, on the, actually on the team or are you getting to pick like, you know, Messi for, uh, you know, Manchester city or something, right? Like how's, Oh yeah. Um, that's a good point. I think they have their own like ultimate teams. Yeah. 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 I think that's, you're probably right. And I think that that goes across. Um, Cause I want to say I was watching a match one time and somebody, it was like an, it was like an MLS team. It was actually, it was an MLS. It was the MLS, EMLS. Yeah. I want to say one of the guys had like Ronaldo on his team. Yeah. I feel like this feels like it was a little, little unfair, I guess. Cause yeah, I guess if you're playing someone from France and they had like PSG, they wouldn't, against the MLS team, they'd just get destroyed each time, wouldn't they? Right. Right. So I guess they get, they do get to pick their own. Yeah. Cause with the ultimate team, you get, you get cards, you have to buy packets of cards, don't you? Um, online virtual cards yeah and then you yep. build up build up teams and stuff so yeah that's, yeah me, it's crazy world i need to dive into it. i've never really done ultimate team and that's that's rare to be fair for my age group so so yesterday i listened or two days ago i listened to um there's a podcast i'm gonna have to look it up on my phone here uh oh it's called acquired it's a, it's a show about acquisitions of startups and they recently did <clears throat> they recently did electronic arts ea sports ah, yeah. right it was very fascinating because the founder, one of the co-founders of EA Sports, worked, got it started at Apple. 
uh-huh. right? Which I think a lot of people don't know. So it's like this high level tech talent. And the guy was, a he played college football um, in uh, American football at Harvard over here in the U.S. And, um, and then they talked about how at least, and, and I'm assuming, see, I actually taught my son the way that the, the, way that the game, tra- the video games translate to the real world. I actually taught my son offsides through FIFA. Right, because the, way they, because the way they draw the line out, right? Because it's hard to show them on the field to be like, hey, look. And, and on FIFA, they literally, when they make the call, they show the replay and they draw yeah. the line across. And I'm like, this is it. This is like the perfect explanation. Like every coach should show yeah. this to the kids. Um, <clears throat> and, then, uh, and then there was a play many years ago in the NFL. I can't remember who it was, but um, the guy, he was like a slot receiver and he, he runs up to score a touchdown. Like he's ready to score a touchdown, but they, he needed to run the clock out. And so he was on this side, uh, on one side of the end zone, and he ran straight across the end zone line to try to run the clock out. And then he stepped into the end zone to get the touchdown. Right. And, and everybody was like, that's totally a Madden move, like from the game Madden. Because that's what we've all done that when we were playing as kids. And you're trying to run the clock out. And you're just like kind of running around or whatever. Uh-huh. So it's been interesting to see how, and I think it's only going to be even more interesting to see how the creativity of the way that kids play in esports translates to the creativity of the real game. It's happening, isn't it? Like even players, yeah. like you'll see, you'll see Premier League players doing Fortnite dances. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it is it is nuts, and and just the the overall sort of um, meshing together of of the two. I mean, you see the kits in Fortnite, right? Like you can get the. Uh, um, I talked about it in the podcast that I think probably you listened to. Of the, you can get the like the Super Bowl. Mm. yeah 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 yeah. during when during the super bowl when they're promoting right and then actually jordan the brand brand jordan just did a promotion in Fortnite, which yeah you know i was waiting for this to happen where you're going to have like these consumer brands because that's the best way to reach like my nine and seven year old boys is through Fortnite. well have you seen have you seen the uh the jordan uh, psg kit oh yeah 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 i paid a lot of attention to that i actually always wondered i wondered when jordan would move over into soccer and he did a few years ago with Neymar had like a special edition um boot and uh-huh. then he had like a Jordan three I think it was a Jordan three yeah because I have the Jordan threes it's like the Neymar Jordan threes that was the first time that you saw the Jumpman logo on like any soccer gear and so from that point I kept thinking eventually they're going to jump in like big time and get a team and so of course they did and it was a perfect opportunity with yeah. you know, those guys winning the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the stars in the world wearing yeah. Jordan. Jordan PSG, yeah, the, the team to do it with. They're the, the, the brandest, the brand, well, how's, how's the best, but the most branded team, I think. They're just like, if, if you want money, if you want to be, I don't know, I don't know how to explain this, but PSG just, it just goes hand in hand with money and brands. <laughs> well, I think, I think there are, it's, it feels like there are a lot of American teams that look to i feel like the european teams do a good job of literally being a brand right like not just a sports team but just a brand in general like a like a like a consumer brand right from top to bottom i also like the way that that european teams tend to own everything and they they are a lot more content companies and and like than i feel like the u.s is and i feel like some of that comes from league rules over here because over here there's more of a uh 
the model is more like you're in with a bunch of other owners and you don't get the, there's salary caps and you know, yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. league dictated things and here's the league marketing for the draft and all these types of things, as opposed to over there, it feels like you can kind of do whatever you want in a way. And to me, that's like, seems cool, like way cooler. It is cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and then, cause then you look at Manchester city and how they've got all that money and now they've got like full blown production houses and they're running like startup incubators. And <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. That's not so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, for, for you. Uh, there's definitely a line when, um, I think Man City have crossed it as well where UEFA is trying to crack down a little bit I mean the thing is the, pro the real problem is UEFA is corrupt as well UEFA and FIFA are both like ridiculously corrupt oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. situations yeah. and they're both business they're just business owners they're not people that really love the game of football right they're billionaires and millionaires <laughs> so well it's in the US it's the same way like the um, college sports used to be um it used to be whichever college you went to in the U.S., like you would support that team, right? Like they were your team. Yeah. Um, you supported that league. But when the big money came in and all sort of like they call it the power five, which are like the five like big divisions of college sports, when all the money came in, now people like I went to a school, excuse me, called Eastern Kentucky University. It was a small school, had a really good uh, football program, American football. And um and people used to cheer for them and that type of thing. But when I went to school there, we were on the tail end of everybody only cares about the university of Kentucky or mm. university of Louisville. And you go to that university and you only wear like these other university teams. And I can, and, and so the, the big money came in. It was like, eventually you had to pick a team that was on TV. <laughs> right. I mean, you pretty much had to, otherwise you weren't in the conversation, you know, I mean, that was just yeah. the kind of the unfortunate reality. Glory hunters. <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. that's interesting Do you, the, the draft situation we have you have with the american football is that the same with the mls um yeah they do draft they do draft kids um from college and i'm trying to think i'm not as familiar with theirs it's obviously not as big yeah they have something called the super draft which i need to i need to look into what that is because over here we've just got like transfer windows is that the similar, similar yeah thing? yeah and you know i pretty much that's another thing like fifa has taught taught me yeah the game taught me about transfer windows and things like that so those were things that i wasn't familiar with because obviously in in uh u.s professional sports they it's called a trade right like they mm -hmm. trade someone for someone else and the whole transfer window thing seems like maybe it's our free agency over here where you're a free agent your contracts and stuff and you can potentially move or somebody's willing to buy out your contract and you can right. play. Um, yeah, because we've got free agents as well, but you, I think you can sign them any time of the year. Um, but then trades um, are, are like transfers. We, we can only do that in a certain time of the year, twice a year. Right, right. So you got it before the season, before like, just the like, first couple of weeks of August as well. Right. And then it stops until January. And then you've got the whole of January, you can sign more players if you need to. Yeah, yeah, okay. And yeah, because I know that playing FIFA when you're building out a team, there's like the whole sort of... Um, yeah like the transfer window ends and then you can't because I, I created yeah. myself as or not myself but i created a player you know yeah, you yeah. Up from one team and then they go and uh the whole loan aspect of things is uh loans as well yeah yeah see that? that that's kind of hard to understand no i think some mls teams do put players out on loan i'm not 100 percent sure how it works though that that's the problem with with uh 
I don't know the inner workings of the business of soccer. Right. Like I would another sport. I enjoyed soccer growing up. My kid enjoys soccer. We watch it, but I'm, I'm not, I would still say that it is maybe my third favorite sport, <laughs> 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 even though I do really like it, uh, but I just happen to be really passionate about basketball uh, being from where I'm from with the Kentucky Wildcats and also uh, American football. That's the problem with America. You got too many sports. <laughs> yeah, we do have we do have a lot of sports. <laughs> we got we one. Have... Like apart from rugby, I mean, not football's a much bigger sport than rugby. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah and uh, just in the whole of Europe, really, and everywhere apart from America, it's just the biggest sport. Yeah, maybe maybe in Asia as well. You got cricket, um, some parts of Asia, but yeah, it's. Uh... So, do you have what's what's the whole? I mean, you don't have college sports, right? Like you don't have no, they're not as big. We definitely have uh, university teams, but they're, they're nowhere near as big because over here are prep are like professional clubs. They'll have academies, so they don't. Yeah, it's not. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have academies, so so like, you'll start there when you're like twelve, or even younger. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. six. <laughs> right. They get like, scouted by. Um, so we do watch. Yeah. I've watched. I've watched Ajax on. Uh, Ajax. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, Sorry. I love the way, love the way you were called over here, man. <laughs> um, but uh, we watched them. We watched them on uh, their academy on YouTube. Oh, yeah. See, I'll be like, look at these 10 year olds, man. They're so good. Yeah. The Ajax Academy, their, their team this year has pretty much grown all the way through Ajax. And that's why they're yeah. so good this year. Yeah. Because they're just, they're just, just been a team all of their lives. And, right. Now they're probably going to get sold, and like different players are going to go elsewhere, and yeah, it's not it's going to break up a little bit. But do those kids though? I mean, do they do they have a childhood though, outside of soccer? I don't know. It's not a bad childhood, is it? Even if you don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's a Premier League player called. Basically, I assume they're getting paid, right? Oh yeah, league. yeah. So their families are getting. Oh, they get loads of money. Yeah, like Premier League players like uh, Phil Foden, who's just turned eighteen, I think, or, or nineteen. He's been at Man City pretty much all of his life, and there's a guy called Trent Alexander-Arnold for Liverpool as well. And right. throughout, I mean, they're, they're on ridiculous salaries, like for for a nineteen-year-old, like money you you can't imagine. Like, like uh, it's, it's it's crazy. And throughout the whole of their their youth, obviously they get more money as as more. Foot, football is their life, though, right? I mean, so what's wrong with that? That's awesome. Well, like, yeah, no, dream. I, know saying, I know what you're saying. I, I, I mean, would dream of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely can see that. that you've got so much time away from football as well. If you think about it, like, do, do they get to go? Like, I guess I'm asking, do they get to go um, do things that a normal seven year old kid would want to go do? Right? Like, they definitely got definitely like seven I, I get, at the lower levels, like seven and until I reckon until around like 14, until it gets like really serious, serious, yeah, like around puberty. Job. Like now it's your job, right? Like, yeah, they, they probably still got friends outside of football or, or they just make friends with the kids that they're playing with, right? Right, right. And they still got time away from football, they still got time to play Fortnite or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. They well, were that's families. All, that's, all, that's all they want to do anyway nowadays. So <laughs> as long as they get to play Fortnite and then go play football for their that's a, that's, yeah, a, that's an amazing job. job. That's a that's a pretty good life, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe even some of them will be esports players now, as, as well as you might, you might even find right. It very very well could be. So basically, they nurture players to become esports players. From yeah. Uh, you would think that they would have to eventually, if if everything follows yeah, that model. So. Yeah. Because um, there are, I've seen statistics about esports players. Some of them have like really high functioning brains and like certain aspects to where the reason why some people are better at esports is because they're they're 
they have a natural inclination to do something a certain way or like make very quick decisions. Yeah. Right. Sometimes, most yeah. People can't. Right. Um, I was watching one where it was street fighter, the, the fighting game. Mm. And the guy was like, I was a YouTube video and the guy was talking about this move that he does. And he was like, I'm like one of the only people that can do this move because I see like three or four steps ahead, what's going to happen. And then I sort of like implement this thing and, and it happens. And it's like, there's the way there's many buttons as he has to push or whatever to make this thing happen. It's so crazy. Yeah. And I was just blown away. Cause I, ne- that was when I really looked at esports to be like, wow, I guess this is kind of like a sport. Cause yeah. you do have some people that are very high functioning uh, versus some people, you know, like we, we think we, I think people my age will be like, oh, come on, man. I can beat somebody in esports. Like, it's anybody's game, right? It's a toss-up. Like, the professionals, they do it. Like, flip. Yeah, I mean, do they do it like a professional footballer? They, they train hours each day. And well, yeah. I guess you could call it training. Yeah. It, it's, got to be, it's a serious thing now. They're making tons of money. Like, yeah. I tell my grandparents about this. There are supplements. It's like, it's crazy. I've seen supplements that makes your brain, like, more wild. It's basically pre-workout, isn't it? Yeah, it's- See, my, my kids asked to do YouTube videos, but I'm also, I also tend to swing uh, very heavily in the world of like online privacy. Huh. So I'm like, I don't want to put you guys out there. Like you're too, I, I, like, I don't want to, I don't want their names to be as, you know, known on the internet. And like, they I could be millionaires. They could be I the, know. Well, that's definitely so, good for creativity as well. Right. Like, definitely- yeah. See, and that's the thing. I think walking the fine, ba- the, the walking the fine line on like what is safe right as far as um identity is concerned like their identity and also what what is allowing them to be who they are and be creative mm. is yeah. a whole other thing but they could be ninja they could be well, right now so so but see <laughs> what they try to throw out they keep trying to say that they will be you know they're like we are we 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 can be ninja like they say that they be ninja. i'm like you guys have never played ninja like he's he's in a whole nother category like he's probably never in your <laughs> in your match you know he's probably only in like these high level i don't know how they split up the algorithms and all that on that but uh what has been interesting though is as as a father playing with them like i do i get on there and i play Fortnite with them and it's fun like it's a bonding experience that like i think our parents took us to games and things like that and then with them it's more like playing you know literally playing these games and i almost wonder if uh uh like when they go to college and stuff, if I'll still throw on my f- headphones on a, on like a, a Friday night or whatever, if they're not out partying too hard <laughs> and be like, Hey, let's jump on here and let's play a little bit. Let's hit the sticks. Yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting. Like, especially the, f- the future of esports is it's, it's, I, potentially he's got the, got the potential of being bigger than actual sports. Oh yeah. I think it actually already is in some places like in, for sure, it's bigger than cricket. Like, <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing, man. That's another sport that kind of blows me away at how big it is in certain areas of the world, like India. Yeah, um, actually, that's true. That's a bad example. Okay, it's bigger than rugby for sure. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, because I was gonna say, man, cricket is massive in like I think even like Pakistan and yeah. India. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a bad example. Okay, rugby, uh, esports. Esports is much bigger than rugby. The amount of people but, that watch but, on YouTube. But, but to be fair, I do think esports in like Japan right now are bigger than anything that's true they fill arenas they've got a lot of people in japan (laughs) yeah they fill they fill arenas of people playing league of legends and and these types of things yeah so damn damn like football teams having esports teams and like you see liverpool and city and roma's i mean nike just signed some esports people i don't know if you saw that like it was they signed some 
uh, some dudes to a, a contract with that right endorse their apparel with, with, with the with nike signing esports players or like professional sports teams signing esports do, they, do you think they have to be like physically fit right i know they're just playing i was almost going to bring that up earlier and and just and say like you know it's going to be kind of funny to see esports players that aren't physically fit. yeah like a fat kid like certain, like <laughs> you know but i don't know i mean it's going to it's going to be inter- interesting to see how that pans out but to be fair i think i it almost feels like from what i've read and what i've seen a lot of these people do try to be somewhat healthy right because they understand no like well and here's the thing though if their if their brain is their tool right if that's their their thing they they don't want to eat certain foods that's that are true. going to make the brain not function full capacity or whatever right like if you're drinking a lot of soda or like eating mcdonald's 15 times a day <laughs> also you gotta think like they've got so if, if, if they're a top person like ninja or, or some of these um phase guys they've got so much money that they could literally go to the gym and not worry and like and th- their life could be the gym and playing xbox yeah. you don't have to worry about not i being. think it is i think it is for a lot of them i yeah. think a lot of them if you watch their stories i've sh- i've showed well just because i was you know mentioning my sons and how they pay attention to some of these guys We'll watch YouTube videos and like Ninja used to play soccer. Yeah, he might have yeah. actually played college soccer. I can't remember for sure, but I remember one time he was telling a story about um about his like he was trying to explain like how his how his mother would push him to go outside and get like a little bit of exercise, and then he was he was like okay if he came back in and played for the rest of the time or something. It's it's crazy. Isn't it strange though? Like, it, instead of typing a ninja to Google, instead of getting the uh, you know the, the guys the, with the nunchucks and the, the black like uh, masks and stuff, you get a picture of a kid with pink hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a really cool logo. I do like his. I think he's done a really good job branding himself. I actually almost. I actually okay, he's, he's one of those people who's got no excuse to have a bad logo. He's got so much money to give a designer. Oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> he makes incredible. He makes. You know this guy. He's like the. He's the guy. I mean, they put him on. Uh, um, I remember uh, uh, Chin Wong, who's the creative director of ESPN the magazine. I remember her posting a tweet one time talking about how, like, they put Ninja on the cover. Yeah, for of sure. ESPN yeah. the magazine. That's better. Right? Yeah. It's only a matter of time before. I think it's only a matter of time before you start to see esports in like the Sports Center top ten. Right, because right now it's literally physical sports in that, and and there's going to be a bunch of grumpy people that are going to say this isn't a sport and all these things. But eventually, things are going to come around. And what's I the top ten at the moment? I mean, the top ten usually consists of like baseball and football, and maybe so. It's like when I was in high school, you didn't see any soccer. Damn. You do see soccer now. Um, a lot of times, it's people getting nutmegged or whatever, like yeah, <laughs> things, skills things like and that. stuff. Yeah, but. Um, What's the, uh, what sport is it gonna is gonna drop out for that tenant for, for esports to come in? What do you reckon? I don't know, man. Um, golf maybe? Is golf big in America? I guess it is, isn't it? Uh, sort of. I, it's 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 a very it's a very niche sport. So, I mean, I, I think in some communities, it is. Tiger Woods coming back obviously mm. and winning the Masters obviously helped. Yeah. I know at one point I went to South by Southwest, which is a big tech conference. Yeah, yeah, in Texas. And uh, they had a sports tech track, and I went to um, one of the talks, and they were discussing 
uh, golf and how like uh, they're, they're trying to bring in younger fans, you know, and you know, now that I think about it, maybe esports is a way to do that. I don't know if they necessarily push esports in golf, but yeah. it could be because playing golf. I mean, if you're somewhat interested in golf, playing golf in video games is pretty fun. I think because you can hit the ball better. <laughs> you definitely can't yeah. hit the ball physically uh, that well. I think you could, you drive, I think the game that's going to be closest to the actual thing is yeah. driving games. Oh yeah. Like, well, you think cars. about, well, the drone racing league, right? I mean, yeah, the yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a sport, right? And it is, it's like basically gamers, you know? I mean, because these, it's these people that are, they're driving these things and they're, they're interfaces involved and um, obviously computers and they have like uh, simulators. I think the drone racing league actually has a simulator where you can get in and like try to learn how to become a drone racer mm. but um yeah it's crazy the future of sport who knows i mean at this point who knows and you see new stuff pop up like uh what is the little there's like the there's got like a little trampoline type thing in the middle and they get in a circle and they hit the it's like smash ball or something oh yeah i don't know that's cool yeah it's quite cool though it's like one of those, it's like a frisbee like, it's a good, good game to play at the beach or something yeah 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 there's the uh, we call them drunk drunk guy sports <laughs> it's like there's always those drunk guy sports like uh um uh beer pong that stuff like well, that you know you know uh they call it cornhole where i'm from it's like the little bags you throw the bags oh uh, yeah yeah you see them a lot of football like american football games um and then uh beer pong obviously that's <laughs> that's 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 a drunk guy sport for sure um let me see what else oh foosball is you know it's a lot of bars and stuff hey I, i'm I like I, you know that. that could be that could that's an underrated it's not really esports, but it's an underrated hey, thing. What? thing. We should do it. Should we just do it? Should we set up a league? Let's yeah, get it going. There should be. There should be. It should be. There must be a YouTube channel doing that. I'm sure there is. Yeah. It's like the marble racing. There's a, there's a YouTube channel which just does like marble Olympics. And he just sets up like these crazy tracks and stuff. And, yeah. he, and he makes the videos like the, like their actual Olympic videos. And so there uh, is. It looks like there is an international table soccer federation. Awesome. That of course there is. Like, have you heard of Subutio? What's that? Have you heard of Subutio? I don't think so. So it's like plastic uh, football figures we used to flick around in the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah, I think I did hear about this. Um, it was on a pod. <laughs> I think I heard about it on a podcast or something. Yeah. So this is basically FIFA but analog. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm looking this up right now. So my dad, my dad used to have tons of these, um, these little <laughs> teams and, and pictures and everything. I took them into school when I was younger because you'd like to bring games in for one day um, when we had half day and charity, charity day. And yeah. um, like uh, being a little kid and carrying these like, vintage players around, you'd, you'd drop one on the floor or something and someone would accidentally step on it and it would just oh, get yeah. crushed. Yeah. So it's sad times. That. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now. I think I do remember this. I didn't see it growing up, but there was somehow I did stumble across this at one point. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big thing in the UK. Not very much anymore, I guess. There's more FIFA, but... Yeah. Well, you know, when I was actually thinking, uh, um, you know, worrying about kids playing sports and that type of thing, but I guess if you... um, If you are going to play FIFA, then you would assume you have an interest in soccer. 
Oh, absolutely. Right. So yeah. you probably would go play with your friends every once in a while. Or go to games you know, and stuff, or yeah. Play, or go to games or but be, there's going to be kids that don't do that, though. There's definitely going to be kids which, like, uh, I, I can't be bothered to go to a game. I'd rather just play it here with my friends. Yeah. But I guess it's good for the teams. They can still expose their brand to these people. True. I mean, that's, that's the way that a lot of clubs have been exposed to people over here, I'm sure. What's going to be really weird, right, is, is say, I, I, say I spot Liverpool. Teams, what's going to be really weird is you get, like, 50-year-old men going to watch these esports people because they're Liverpool esports players. Right. That's going to be really strange. If, right. if it's like Anfield one day, like they set up an esports tournament and you've got like a stadium full of people, which are like 50 year old men, like they are now watching football games, but they're, support, yeah. they're, but they're supporting kids playing Xbox rather yeah. than actual teams. That's, That's going to be mad. It's going to be weird. I mean, it already happens though in Japan, right? Like we were discussing. It's not necessarily the sports games. It's more League of Legends and those types of games, but still. it's They still consider that sports. They still consider esports, League of Legends. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, um, that's actually. I think that was like the first. That was yeah. like the first. That was the first time I'd heard of esports was through like League of Legends, and then and then some of the actual sports teams started to catch on. I'm trying to remember. It's it's obviously been the last couple of years that these teams have added those areas. I'm trying to remember which league did it first. As far as it might have been a Premier League team that first adopted an actual esports. Mm. The, only, the earliest ones I remember was Roma. Um, the Roma in the, in the Italian leagues are pretty, was pretty early to that. But also Man City, just because they've got a lot of money. Right. <laughs> and probably like say at the same time, if Man City are doing it, then obviously New York City are doing it. And then Sydney, wherever they're called, are doing it. Right. Because it's the same group. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It is. What's, uh, what's your predictions for, for the future of esports? Where's... What we're we gonna see? Is it gonna overtake real sports? I don't. I don't know if it will overtake real sports. It's quite possible, just because so many kids seem to be playing. Uh, you hear professional coaches. I've heard them, and I've heard professional basketball coaches say our biggest competitor is not so and so team. It's Fortnite, right? Like exposing kids to the game of basketball because they are so concerned with playing Fortnite. So it, it very well could be. It, it could overtake eventually. And it's something, and, and the access. See, that's the thing. Access, like, right. um, at least in the U.S., at one point, access meant having a ball, right, and going out with your friends. But it has increasingly become very expensive leagues, mm-hmm. and there's not as much like we call it pickup. Like you'd play pickup basketball, or, or over there you'd play like street soccer or futsal yeah. in, in the streets. Um, nobody does that anymore. Like. Uh, now everything is sort of uh, controlled with leagues like AAU basketball over here, high school basketball. Kids aren't playing outside. There's like all these empty basketball courts <laughs> because everybody wants to play in the gym and they're playing in these leagues year round, right? Yeah. And you have to have money to play in those leagues. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with all of this. Uh, whereas when I was growing up, you would get a couple friends and you would go play like 3v3. Yeah, right? a kick about, yeah. Just, just yeah. in the park, yeah. Right, and that would be any sport. I mean, right? We would play. We would play. We would. We would be creative and find ways to play like three v three American football, or you know, volleyball, soccer, basketball. It didn't matter. Like we would just come up with ways, you know, and our own rules so that you know you weren't tackling 
uh, in 3v3. Like, you, you weren't, like, rushing the quarterback and tackling him as soon as he hiked the ball in a 3v3 <laughs> football situation. But the kids aren't doing that anymore. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the internet obviously is, has changed everything. I mean, not just gaming, but in general. I mean, YouTube, um, access to everyone. Every, one thing about the internet is it does give a lot, people, a lot more people access to, you know, because you can, a lot of phones are relatively inexpensive, right? Like yeah. you don't have to have an iPhone. You can get a cheaper version of a, of a smartphone. So um, people are communicating on that more and, I don't know, man. I hope sports don't go away, but there must be parents out there that are making their kids play Xbox all day to try and get them to that level. I'm sure there are. Actually, I've seen stories about not necessarily um, uh, sports games, but I've seen stories about parents pushing. Like they, I've read stories about people paying for Fortnite lessons. You hire an individual coach that teaches you Fortnite so your kid can be better at school because they're going to school and they're getting made fun of because they're not that good at Fortnite. So they want to be better at Fortnite. So you hire an individual trainer to train you on Fortnite. <laughs> I mean, it's craziness. It's crazy. Some of that also I feel like has to do with just the generation of people not wanting kids to struggle, right? It's like, I don't want you to have to, it's almost like an entitlement sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I want you to be the best in everything and we're going to do everything we can to make you the best as opposed to look, man, you're just not going to be good at some stuff. Yeah. Like I, agree, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I tell my kids all the time, I'm more like, look, you're, there's gonna be a lot of things you're not going to be good at. So we're going to try to double down on the things that you are good at. Right. Yeah. Sure. If, it's, if you're not good at math and you're good at creativity, then I'm going to try to find a way to push creativity with you. And we're not going to worry so much about your math grades. You know, but what happens if they're really good at Fortnite? They're really good at Fortnite. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to. I do let them play a lot. <laughs> I will say that. I do let them play quite a bit. I try to say that. Um, I try to. There's, there's a, actually, there's statistics on Fortnite, apparently, especially in young boys. Like, it, it, I guess it releases endorphins and it's almost like being addicted to cocaine. Damn. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, there's just, and another thing, and it's like this with Facebook and everything these companies are hiring like uh, psychologists, right. To build their products because they want to keep you on that product. Right. So they're like, what are these basic human interactions? Like if you think about the like button in general, right. You constantly post something, you constantly check it. You want to see that somebody liked it. Right. If nobody liked it, you actually think about removing it. Right. Cause, cause you're just like, Oh, this didn't yep. appeal to anybody. So I feel like those things have ruined and they've almost kind of ruined they've ruined society in general, but they've definitely ruined creativity in my opinion, because a lot of times now you'll see something that's popular, get a lot of likes and you'll, and it's, it's now understood. Is this thing good or is it just popular? Right. Yeah. It's kind of something we run into in sports design. Cause I see stuff because just because X, you know, some team posts something because that has a lot of fans, people are going to like it. They could post a picture of a rock some teams could right and it'll get millions of likes simply because it came from that team there's like a loyalty aspect to it mm. and so you see some the design work and it's like how do you measure what's good anymore you know is it is it is is something good something that has been engaged with a lot of times or is it you know how subjective is it i mean it's it's going to be real, we're in a really hard time i feel like for designers 
yeah. for that? How do you answer those questions? And those are things that we're all going to have to think about as we move forward. Okay. There's also different types of good, isn't there? Like you can be morally right, morally good. You can be a good looking and you can also be, um, if what's what actually fits the brief, like good meaningfully. Right. right. Uh, there's a lot of times I see things that look really good from a, an aesthetic purpose, but maybe it doesn't really fit. Well, they've the got brand. no meaning. Like it's got nothing. It's just a good looking piece. Right. Of and I mean, and, and you know, sports is a lot of sports design is very much, this is just entertainment design in general. I mean, right. even if you look at the covers or the posters of like the Avengers, right. Or any of those movies, movie posters are meant to entertain sports design is meant to entertain. So I'm not necessarily saying that everything has to have this incredible strategy and whatever. Sometimes it literally is about like, Hey, this player did something awesome. Let's Photoshop this person into some cool environment and put them out there and just, just literally for the likes. Um, and that's fine. I'm fine with that, but I just, I don't want too much of it to where people uh, no longer have the ability to think like from a strategic perspective and be able to think through the problems and how can we solve problems? Cause it almost feels like now there's two sets of designers at, at brands. They're like social media designers, mm. which are really just like, I'm making something social media. I'm putting it out there real quick. And, and that profession feels very much like, um, and I'm not saying this to insult anyone, right? Because I do think that is a value, but it feels very much like McDonald's of graphic <laughs> design because it's like, I need something quick. I need it done now. Get it done out the door. We've now forgotten about it as opposed to a lot to, of people that would disagree with that. <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they are. Right. But I mean, the reality is when you post something, it is gone within a couple seconds and we don't think about it anymore. Right. Yeah. Once it's past my timeline, you know, it's gone. It's, right? that's, that is, that is the truth. Yeah. But then there's, there's a lot of, I mean, like, and, I'm, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to down the value of that. Right. Because yeah. there are a lot of people that work in that field. Right. And there are a lot of people that, that are really good at that. But I feel like that it would be a little bit naive to not somewhat. I mean, all you have to do is look at this, almost look at the salaries, right? Those, those salaries are not very big if you're doing that kind of work. Yeah. Right? I guess if you're doing like some UI design for some thing. Like it's obviously like way more money yeah. for some but reason. It's also more time though. Right. A UI design surely. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be argued that it's more time. You, you're thinking about a problem from a longer perspective, but uh, um, uh, obviously social, like it's got to go out now, but there is yeah. some, there is some, not everybody has the budget to do these massive. Have you seen the women's world cup commercial for Nike? Um, I don't think I've seen the Nike one. Okay. So they just, they, they just uh, posted it. I think yesterday or the day before and it is it's so well thought like i guess this content creation in general it can be done very well yeah and and have a longer shelf life right well i mean i know what you mean though because football clubs a lot of football clubs in the uk hire illustrators and a lot of like news news um i'm friends with a lot of football illustrators is what i'm trying to say and yeah. they, they would probably uh, as much as they, they they understand that their work's being used very quickly and it's and it's going to go and the next thing that they need to be working on the next thing, like the next week. Like the Champions League's a good example. Like, pretty much all of that's gone now. Like, they worked on that last week; it's all gone now. They're all focused on the Women's World Cup or the Nations League, and they're as much as as much as um, they are. They know that 
and it's a quick turnaround time. They still have pride in their work. They still like it's not just trash that they're creating. They're still very, very. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm speaking more along the perspective of like how marketers see. Okay. These people, not designers, right? Like all does most designers are going to put their best effort into their work, right? You're obviously going to get some that kind of throw stuff together, or whatever. That's that. That is what it is. And sometimes there's scenarios where you have to do that, right? Where it's like we need this thing within the next 30 minutes yeah you're not going to be able to make something incredible you might have to go to your sort of standard throw some textures in you know throw some lighting in and and some decent typography and send this thing off but but what i'm i'm that's i try to think a lot of times like how like from a business perspective uh not necessarily from a, a maker only perspective and so i'm this is where this kind of circles back to my conversation earlier about how do we position ourselves to be more valuable you know because right now the reality is how do you argue for your position if you are a social media designer and and how do you go in and say hey i want more money right because they'll say there are you know thousands of people tagging things with sports design and a lot of times they don't know the difference those marketers don't right they'll be like well it all kind of looks the same so this person looks like they might be good enough yeah yeah, I know what you mean. There's, there's definitely that bracket of, of Photoshop um, uh, designers where they, they, they are creating stuff based on photos. But then you've got other levels of, of illustrators and sports designers where football clubs and, and just leagues and everything will, will hire them week in, week out. To Like BT Sport, a big um, UK TV uh, network. And they're pretty much every every game or every I don't know, week they're hiring different illustrators because of their style. They've got a very... That would be the reason to argue to, for more money is because I'm the only person that can do that style. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and listen, illustration, I sort of, obviously, it's graphic design. It's all graphic design, like UI design is graphic design, branding, identity design is graphic design, all that. That's fine. I'm thinking more along the lines of like those photo illustrators, not uh, okay. illustrators. Yeah. So I think we just have, we're coming at this from two different lenses. I like vector illustration is something that these people do create a style and it's like if you think of i love dust right yeah the studio i mean yeah, i've been yeah, following yeah. them since like 2004 whenever they first launched yeah, I saw them in the magazine. um you know they get hired because they do something very very well and they can obviously charge accordingly <laughs> right um whereas if you're just doing like those sort of photo illustrations and throwing textures in and so you mean like there, an in-house you mean like an in-house that's what I'm thinking yeah, 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 yeah. sorry so, so yeah so those illustrators for sure man definitely charge as much as you can and uh especially if you have if you've developed a style over time that is very much yours right i know what you mean now i know what you mean like, like basically all of the stuff that the clubs throw out that are actually the club stuff and that's and that's the thing too i was mostly speaking of in-house designers as well not necessarily i think you're coming at that sorry we got a bit mixed up there <laughs> yeah 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 so you know from an in-house in-house design perspective but a lot of time those people are tied down based on how much time they have to make something right they might have an executive yeah. come in and say hey we got this pitch for you know a new sponsor we oh, that'd be very quick turnarounds yeah yeah i know what you mean you know yeah you get no creative direction. That's why a lot of the stuff actual clubs throw out are, well, they are thrown out. They're not. They're not perfect. It's not great stuff. It's just yeah. We need a we need a banner for for our new T-shirt. We need a new banner for this. We need a, a social media post for the goal. Yeah. It's just it's cool. Yeah, and there's a lot of that stuff where hey, we've got a bunch of banner ads. You know, we need something like 728 by 90, and some of that stuff you just have to. 
yeah. you know, make it right. Like you can't sit there and it's just not worth anybody's time to sit there and think about how to make 728 pixels by 90 <laughs> pixels. Absolutely amazing. Right. <laughs> Hopefully at that point, hope like the best scenario for all that is that you have created like a campaign or something. And now at that point, you're just making like the physical assets. So you sort yes, of have an yeah, idea in yeah, mind yeah. and you're just now like, okay, we, as long as we replicate this look somewhat. And, like a season long campaign, that'd be, yeah, ideal, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and that way you're not, you're not creating something original at 728 by nine. You're literally taking something that's already been created and adapting it to that. That's obviously. Yeah. And I think that's how in general, most of them are doing. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree. But it's, I mean, at the end of the day, though, it feels like graphic design, for whatever reason, is com very commoditized right now. Mm. So yeah. we, we have to figure out a way to differentiate ourselves from, and I think it can be done. And I think probably some people do it. Like, um, I remember Steve Jobs uh, was giving, uh, there's like a YouTube video of him talking about marketing with his executives from Apple very early on. And he talked and he said, computers are, or he brought up Nike. Uh, and he was like, Nike is a shoe. Shoes are a commodity. Right. Right. And somehow Nike has, you know, made it a brand, right. Where like you want to feel a part of something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when teams do that, I love when teams do that, you know, when it's like, I, I want to be a part of that. I really, yeah. I mean, uh, it was a good example this year. Liverpool did a "This Means More" campaign, and it, it's just yeah. like everything. Everything about that campaign was pretty decent. Like, yeah. had, uh, well, the the uh, one I posted the other day, um, the Toronto Raptors, "We the North." Yeah, right? like that's yeah, been yeah, around yeah. for a long time, but it just it it feels like, the, yeah, I want to be a part of that. You know, absolutely. Yeah, it's good. There's some good stuff that guys going on. Uh, all right, all right. Conscious of time, we've got like not long. I've gone over time, but massively anyway. Oh, good, man. Hey, we, <laughs> I chatted about, we chatted about sports. That's what we, uh, what we're yeah. passionate about, right? Uh, okay, a couple of last questions that I'll ask everyone. Is uh, first of all, what's your first sporting memory? Ooh. Um, as far as experiencing like playing sports, toast helps you, man. For some reason, I don't know why, but I do remember watching, I think it was an NBA playoff game, and it was like, it was the Lakers and the Celtics. And I remember Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Larry Bird, and I was like probably four. I mean, I was really young. But I remember, I don't know why, but I just remember Kareem Abdul-Jabbar being so, so long. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he was like seven foot something. Right. So that would be one. And honestly, this is really the only time that I've ever thought about that because I've never really thought what my first memory was. And I, as far as playing sports, I remember, <laughs> I remember playing soccer when I was probably three. Well, probably like three. I, I don't know if you know if I would have a memory that young, four maybe. And I just remember running around like picking grass. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't trying to play. I probably didn't want to be out there. I was just kind of pretending like I was a superhero, like in the middle of the game. Like who cares about this sport that I'm in? Probably those two. Nice. I like that. Uh, what's your favorite sports logo? Ooh, sports logo. Um, a hard question because like we could do a whole episode on this. Yeah, that is very tough. Because it wouldn't necessarily be my favorite team. Because I don't even really like my team's logo that much. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of sports. I would say one that, and this, this may be a cliche answer among designers, but I, I like the Hartford whalers, right? That's sort of like the old. Hartford says, yeah, it's a good those, those that have been really well thought about that aren't just like the standard, you know, design tropes. Yeah. Um, I would say, even though I don't necessarily like the Yankees, I think the like the Yankees have a nice, memorable NY. Yeah. That I believe, if I remember right, from a podcast that I had discussion I had with Todd Radom, it was stolen from like something like Tiffany's, like the jeweler. Or something like that. Yeah, didn't know that. Um, and then, uh, well, I guess this is more of a brand, but I really like the Jordan, the Jumpman logo because to me it's just so memorable as a kid um it's obviously it's a good logo yeah and it's and and the, you know it's funny like the they all seem to be very simple the ones that stand out to me 100 percent. that's the designer in you coming out there <laughs> yeah well and they're just they're just timeless right i mean I, there was a there was a phase where everything when photoshop was like more accessible to people and people started incorporating it seems like design is always about what the technology allows, <clears throat> right? So initially it was like everything was hand-drawn and then it was like more just simple shapes. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, oh, we can do cool stuff with this, with this Photoshop and you kind of see what it can do and you push the, the software limits. But now I feel like we're, on the, we're circling back around to where we're like, okay, we can now pretty much do anything we want. But the things that don't look like they came from a certain era are always the ones that are simple, yeah, right? 100%. Like, you know, you can look at the Photoshop and textured logos from like the nineties and be like, yeah, this definitely came from the nineties, but you know, you can't, you can't look at a black and white logo of the Yankees and, and pinpoint what era that came from. Right. Yeah. That's what makes them special. That's like you say, timeless is, is it's perfect. Yeah. That's what you need in sports yep. logos. Yeah. Um, Cause then they won't get changed. Then they won't get people upset about them because <laughs> you don't right. need to change it. Right. All right. The last question is the best purchase under a hundred dollars. Oh, Anything it doesn't have to be sports. Okay, let me think. Let me Just think an interesting answer. Um, let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to look <laughs> around and be like, is there anything here that? <clears throat> Probably for a designer, I would say sketchbooks nice honestly just Good to answer. put ideas in i mean it's if i wasn't a designer i could maybe argue for something else but these things are you know invaluable to me just because i write in them i mean I, I don't i don't just sketch right like i write down things to remember like they're sort of like a utility thing for me and i like to put stickers on them <laughs> so where else are the stickers gonna go that's the thing yeah so, well I don't, yeah i know nice i don't get so many <laughs> I've put them on a laptop before, but now I've decided not to do that anymore. I want to keep the laptops clean. Yeah. <coughs> it's your Apple fan. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, that's good. I appreciate this. Uh, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Where yep. can people find you on social media and check out your podcast? Yeah. So um, probably the best place to find me would be at makers of sport on Twitter. And really you can get, pretty much anywhere from there i mean the the podcast link is up there and then also my personal account if you wanted to follow me there which my personal twitter i talk about a little bit about everything uh but whereas makers of sport is very much geared towards sports industry business and design so 
Brilliant. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed chatting. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. As I said before at the start of the show, down in the description are ways you can help out the show. Uh, taking a screenshot and sharing it on social media is probably the main way. Another way would be to get a ticket to our live event down in the description. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. I'll see you next week for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. <laughs>